0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Data Science at Home. The subject of this episode is about a recent regulation that is being considered by the European Union and that needs the attention of experts in data analytics and machine learning. We all know all the awesome results of uh, data science and machine learning, especially in the last few years, uh, they are achieving goals that are more magical than real. And the improvements of data science in several domains are just impressive. Uh, Think about uh, the first self-driving vehicle that can basically deal with uh, realistic urban scenarios. Then there will probably be self-driving cabs or buses, trains, and who knows, maybe planes and boats. In addition to this, we have a lot of progress in um, purchasing items on the internet. We can already predict quite accurately if we might be interested in this or that book or connect to this or that person in order to engage amazing conversations because they share our personal interests. In healthcare, we can already support decisions of medical doctors in predicting certain diagnoses, and in some cases, algorithms can be quite uh, accurate. Think about uh, fMRI or cancer imaging. I was personally involved in the so-called non-invasive prenatal testing. Uh, to detect chromosomal aberrations of the fetus from DNA analysis of the mother, and for specific genetic disorders and under specific conditions, the accuracy could be higher than 97%. So this is what I mean by scarily accurate. Maybe the chances that you are protecting the interests of a financial institution are not that high, especially if you are constantly listening to this podcast, but would you like to know in advance if families can pay back their loan in order to minimize the risks for both the bank and the family? If you consider this progress, it all can be illegal in just less than two years. Welcome to Data Science at Home, the podcast about data science for small companies and large enterprises. Data Science at Home is a show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home. We are supported by World of Piggy, thinking human world in mathematical terms. Visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at World of Piggy. According to a European regulation that will take place in April 2018, I personally hope not, it has been decided that Algorithms that make decisions based on uh, user level predictors, which significantly affect users should be regulated. And in this regulation, they mention um, the significantly affect, uh, which needs a bit of explanation. And we will go to the details of what uh, significantly affect means. In addition, uh, they also introduce the so-called right to explanation for all those users who can ask for an explanation of an algorithmic decision that was made about them. So the regulation is basically divided into two parts. Uh, The first part of the regulation literally declares as out of law many important algorithms that are currently used. For instance, uh, recommendation systems or algorithms for uh, credit and insurance risk assessments computational advertising, social networks, and much, much more. The second part is somehow impossible to guarantee. And the second part is related to explaining an algorithmic decision. But of course, explaining a decision is usually equivalent to fully understanding an algorithm, uh, which can be possible only in very few cases, especially with the advent of deep learning and neural networks, uh, it's quite impossible to explain what is notoriously known to be a black box. Or think about probabilistic approaches that make decisions that are only probabilistically or statistically valid or stable. Uh, Think about methods that use sampling, for instance, or uh, Markov chain Monte Carlo methods in which there is an important random component. maybe the only algorithms that can be easily or relatively easily explained are uh, linear regression and decision trees, just to name a few that are heavily based on the concept of correlation and trend analysis. And this still does not explain causality. However, we we will get back to this concept um, very soon. So I just read for the sake of completeness, um, an excerpt of the General Data Protection Regulation. That's the name they gave to this regulation that again, I uh, it will take place in April 2018 if nothing happens in between, because uh, they are quite sure to apply um, such a uh, limitation to the world of machine learning and data mining, at least in Europe. So Article 11 uh, is titled Automated Individual Decision Making, and it's formed by uh, three paragraphs uh, that really need the attention of mm, technical people, uh, like data scientists, for instance, who are probably the only guys that were never involved in uh, uh, writing down this regulation, at least this is my personal opinion. So, Article 11, Paragraph 1 says that Member States uh, shall provide for a decision based solely on automated processing, including profiling, which produces an adverse legal effect concerning the data subject or significantly affects him or her be prohibited unless authorized by union or member state law. So, in paragraph 1, they basically prohibit any decision based solely on automated processing, including profiling, which significantly affects data subjects. So, what does this really mean? Trying to quantify something with qualitative terminology never ends well. So, let's make an example. Let's assume that we are studying an individual who he is, let's say, 80% healthy. And an algorithm that might observe many more variables a medical doctor can assess that the individual is a bit less than 70% healthy. So, is this 10% difference significantly affecting the person? Now, let's get to the word profiling. Profiling is a form of automated processing of personal data consisting of the use of personal data to evaluate certain personal aspects relating to a natural person. If you think a trivial correlation analysis or variable selection procedure that focuses on certain variables related to the single person can be considered profiling already. So, as you can see, this limitation is applied to very trivial cases in machine learning that today are accepted, are widely accepted by the community. Paragraph two, says, decisions referred to in paragraph 1 of this article shall not be based on special categories of personal data, referred in article 10, unless suitable measures to safeguard the data subject's rights and freedoms and legitimate interests are in place. Okay, basically, this paragraph prohibits automated processing based on special categories of personal data. We will go to the details of what these special categories are very, uh, very soon. And finally, paragraph three says, profiling that results in discrimination against natural persons on the basis of special categories of personal data referred to in Article 10 shall be prohibited in accordance with union law. And again, this is another limitation which is referred to uh, discrimination. And about discrimination, we can start a very long discussion because this is where invisibility kicks in. So, discrimination in in very general terms can be defined as the unfair treatment of an individual because of his or her membership in a particular group, belonging to a specific race or having specific gender or political view or religion, etc. So, whenever we use algorithmic profiling for the allocation of resources or for any kind of analysis, we are implicitly discriminating. Actually, that is exactly what we want. And think about clustering or classification. We, we want to understand if an object or a person belong to a group or another. I don't say anything disruptive here if I claim that machine learning depends upon data that has been collected from physical phenomena or society. And as long as society contains inequality or traces of discrimination, so too will the data. So I really think that discrimination in machine learning is more an asset rather than a problem. We are searching for discriminative algorithms. And when this becomes difficult, we actually transform the data in such a way that the same algorithm becomes discriminative. Think about support vector machines and kernel methods applied to nonlinear data. What we do, what we usually do is we map this nonlinear data into a more complicated space in order to allow the same algorithm to distinguish between case and controls or to uh, different classes uh, of data and therefore apply discrimination. According to the General Data Protection Regulation, um, sensitive data includes uh, personal data revealing racial or ethnic origin, political opinion, religious or philosophical beliefs, trade union membership, the processing of genetic data, biometric data for the purpose of uniquely identifying a natural person, data concerning uh, health or data concerning a natural person's sex life or sexual orientation and so on. In the third paragraph of Article 11, they specifically address discrimination from profiling of sensitive data. But there are cases in which it would be possible to get the, the same conclusion by analyzing other types of data. For example, if a certain geographic region has a high number of low income or minority residents, An algorithm utilizing geographic data can determine, uh, for instance, loan eligibility based on race and income due to analogy or what data scientists define as common patterns. In clinical data analysis, we might have exactly the same scenario. Also in politics or social media by analyzing how a user is connected and to who to predict his or her interests and opinions or religious views. There was actually a very recent research paper in which an algorithm could even guess the girlfriend or boyfriend of a Facebook user just by analyzing his or her ego network, that is how his or her friends were connected. So there was no external information or private information that the user was providing and uh, the uh, prediction that the algorithm could perform was about the personal life of of the Facebook user. So what would be the solution to avoid discrimination with data analysis? For instance, it could be de correlating data or use only data that are not correlated to sensitive information. And who is going to define the correlation measure is another problem. Is the Pearson 0.3 correlation metric a good measure? So this starts to sound a bit ridiculous because as data grows, detecting correlated or uncorrelated variables becomes extremely difficult if not impossible. This is actually still an open research problem. So if correlation with sensitive data is the enemy here, one solution would be to operate only on uncorrelated data, which can result poor in terms of informative power and useless to perform predictions. Whoever wrote these regulations should be aware of the fact that correlation is not causation as it's written in undergraduate books and actually it doesn't even imply it. Maybe they were worried to conserve confidentiality and protect one's privacy by predicting causality. But with regression or classification or machine learning in general, nobody can say if, for instance, race, ethnicity or political views of a person will cause that person to be unreliable in paying back a loan. That would mean predicting causality, which is not correlation, as I mentioned before. So I have the impression that politicians, and in this very specific case, philosophers are trying to regulate something that just cannot be regulated, a bit like the internet or any other massively adopted technology that at some point of human history became fundamental part of everyday life, and it is impossible to limit or prevent. I expect that real data scientists supported those philosophers, making sure they understand what is already happening, what is feasible, and what will never be. I also see a very close analogy with the field of software security some years ago, in which lawyers and politicians try to regulate transmissions of bits and bytes to mitigate the problem of copyright infringement with written rules and regulations that found their interpretation in different countries of the European Union. And what happened back then? Well, hackers tried to circumvent those restrictions in uh, in technology and to download movies and music for free, we got uh, stuff like uh, Tor anonymizer networks or proxies and decentralized protocols to share information with or without encrypted connections. Having operated in the software security for more than five years, I expect also that similar figures that we have already seen would rise. Maybe the best name I I would give to such figures is data hijackers, that would try to circumvent those restrictions as much as it already happened for the internet in general. Those who are trying to stop the storm of data coming from the internet of things, for instance, are getting my attention here because this is going to be really, really challenging. I'm just thinking about a few of these circumventions by data hijackers. For instance, due to the ease of allocating computing resources in the cloud and crunching data of any kind, I expect that a black market of data science could grow, in which no model would need to be explained. Even in, let's say, legally recognized analytic procedure, If there are some variables that cannot be used because they belong to the so-called black list of sensitive variables, well, fine, I'm gonna search for collinear variables or groups of variables that are not in such risks and still get my prediction pretty accurately. So folks, do you really think that this is going to be difficult with big data? Not at all. We are already doing this data science at home is the show where we tell you the skills you need and the tools you can build at home we are supported by World of Piggy thinking human world in mathematical terms visit worldofpiggy.com or Twitter at worldofpiggy. hey if you like the show please leave us a review on iTunes and help this podcast reach more ears. so tell your friends and colleagues that we exist we will really appreciate